Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio, now on the C-Suite Network very excited about today's interview. Nick Francis from Help Scout. He's the co-founder and CEO of Help Scout, which is a company that um, makes uh, customer service support software. And what I love about Nick, and I got to meet Nick just a few weeks ago in Portland, Oregon. Let me tell you about that story, and then we'll get into the interview in just a moment. Uh, I was, uh, first of all, I've always been a big fan of Help Scout. They have great content. They're constantly posting articles on their website. And uh, I have to remember to ask him more about that because I want to make sure you get the information on how to get those articles. Uh, but great content. So I, I kind of look at what Nick does. It's not just the guy that runs a company that's all about customer service, but he lives and breathes it. And I had the opportunity to meet Nick in Portland, Oregon. I was asked uh, to ask to come to this event which was uh, all about uh, customer support, and people from all over the world came to this event. It was so much fun, and Nick and I did uh, a fireside chat, and actually he interviewed me. Now I get to interview him, and we, we talked about everything related to customer support, customer service, and I realized that this guy is not just a guy that runs a company. He's truly a thought leader in what he does. Uh, he's got some incredible insights, and based on the discussion that we had, I said, you know what? We've got to get you on the show. Our listeners have to hear about the, your ideas and customer service. I believe that simple is not easy. Uh, but what Nick has done and what I try to do, and this is what I think if, if there's a goal that I have with all of the content that I create, it's simplification. Take something that it might not be easy to understand. Even something as complicated as how artificial intelligence is, is impacting uh, customer service and data analytics and personalization and, and all of these topics that are far more complicated than just doing the right thing and being nice. My goal is to simplify, and I think that's one of the things that uh, is a gift that Nick brings to us. So in just a few moments, we're going to be talking with Nick. And uh, by the way, he and I had a great opportunity to go to dinner the night before our presentation. And we just had a great time getting to know each other. You're going to love this guy. So we're going to take a real short break. And when we come back, our interview with Nick Francis. Shep Hygen here. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.sheponddemand.com. Once again, that's sheponddemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. I promised you an amazing interview, and that's exactly what's going to happen today because my friend, uh, I'll even call him a colleague, and we did become friends in Portland recently when we worked together, um, but uh, Nick Francis from Help Scout is uh, virtually in the house. So he's the co-founder and CEO of Help Scout, which is on a mission to make every customer service interaction a human one. Uh, his company he founded, it's all about customer support. And Nick, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate it. 
Well, we had fun in Portland, and the audience, we, we actually, for those um, listening, we went up on stage together, and we had a fireside chat. And that's what we talked about it being. And then, like, brilliance, there was a screen right behind us, and we went over to the projector, or went over to the computer and pulled up a YouTube video of a fire in a fireplace, and we projected it onto the screen, and we truly had the fireside chat in the middle of the summer. We did. It was a lot of fun, and I, I think I think the the folks at the conference got a lot of value out of it. It was, it was a good time. Yep, and everybody there was interested in customer support. Everybody worked in a support center. Many of them worked remotely. I met some amazing people. So let's get started, and you know, one or two quick uh, sentences just to tell us this is what Help Scout is and does. Yeah, so we make customer support software for, for small businesses, uh, usually between 10 and 100 people. Uh, any online-enabled business where you're getting customer support, you're getting a lot of emails from your customers, uh, we help you manage that at pretty awesome scale. And we, we also help you create uh, knowledge-based content, so really helpful content where people can, can find what they need without even having to reach out. So uh, we just make some software that, that helps people get that done in a really human way. And, and I love it. And currently, you serve, and, and this is a big number. And by the way, I love that you focus on the smaller companies, which you, you mentioned 10 to 100. Uh, you have more than 8,000 customer support teams around the globe that you are doing this with. Is that right? We do. Yeah. That's I'm very, very happy to be working with them. Yeah, I think we're making a real impact, which is fun. I think it's, it, it is fun because most of the people that I have interviewed – uh, who come from the trenches, so to speak, people like yourself who are actually in a business, not necessarily an author or a consultant, they are swinging for the fences and, and they're really focused on the enterprise, of the big companies. And you're taking mm-hmm. a look at these smaller businesses. And by the way, uh, I'm shocked and, and shocked with good positive shock and, you know, shock and awe <laughs> in a good way uh, that it's a very reasonably priced uh, concept to get into you know it's like it's based on a seat it's very reasonably priced and you can grow and scale or pull back as as based on how many seats and licenses you need at the time which is pretty much the way they all work but the fact is that you're doing it with smaller businesses is really cool yeah we love to focus on that uh that's that's certainly my dna that's where my passion is and that's where i feel like customer or companies can differentiate the the most is uh, with SMB, it's, it's really your most effective marketing tool at that level. All right, so you just opened the door. Let's talk about it being a marketing tool. Customer service is the new marketing. I've been talking about that and touting it for the last two or three years. I'm not sure people believed it back then, but they're starting to believe it now. And it's a concept that's just really uh, it's hot right now. Uh, but you have a different view of the role that customer service plays in the company's growth. So what, what is that? Well, customer service may may be really important to marketing today, but let's let's be clear: customer service isn't isn't really the new anything, right? Helping people and doing so in a compassionate, empathetic way has always been good business. But that said, technology has really elevated customer support for a couple of reasons, just over the last decade or so, right? So the first reason is because people have more choice, and no matter what business you're in, it's likely you're it's it's likely more competitive today than it used to be. And service customer support has always been a great way to differentiate in any market. So that's, that's why it's become top of mind. One, another reason is that word of mouth and referral marketing 
is more impactful uh, than ever, right? So people trust reviews from other customers, even if they're a stranger. So your customer service policies, good or bad, they're going to become much more transparent to the general public. So uh, by way of both of those sort of movements happening through technology, customer support has become a really effective marketing tool. Uh, but it's it's always been good business, but now it's just been elevated thanks to the way that technology, the role that technology plays. You know, I remember back in the 1980s, um, which is probably right around the time you were born. <laughs> okay, I think <laughs> that's when, that's when I know I'm feeling a little bit older. Uh, but I will tell you, I was very proud, and I know I'm jumping off off the topic here. I was recently asked to participate in a panel of how to use Instagram for marketing and promotion and customer service and they took our picture and I got my picture taken uh, and put alongside all these people in their 20s and then there was me and by the way I'm not that much older and I'm not an old guy with gray hair matter of fact I'm an old guy that doesn't even have hair so you couldn't even tell it's gray (laughs) it's been like this for the last 10 or 15 years I haven't aged an ounce but um, you know it is interesting that um, Gosh, where am I going with this? <laughs> anyway, people, let's get back to this. People have a choice, and, and you said it eloquently and clearly. Uh, customer service has always been a differentiator. Back in 1980s is where I was going with this. IBM was the big company that I think really put customer service on the map. What they chose to do is say, let's give people such a great experience that the cost of our computers is insignificant compared to what's most important. And what was most important, if you look at the top three or four or five areas, and by the way, they said, let's create a list of 20 20 things that the customer would feel is important, price obviously being one of them. But they define customer service as fast response times, how quickly we can get somebody out to fix the computer. By the way, this is long before I think the Internet became popular uh, and the way it's being used today. Uh, So those were the things that they were focused on. And it really is amazing that all of those customer service issues rose to the top of what was important. So they were just a a company so focused on taking care of the customer that price became far less uh, as a consequence of, you know, gosh, should I do business with them? It's not the low price that we're interested. It's the reliability, the dependability, and the customer service. So uh, all good points, well taken. So small business, big business, doesn't matter. let's say I'm in a company where decide we're really going to focus on customer service. I want to start a great customer service strategy. Where does somebody begin? I know you have a lot of thoughts on this. You know, what do you do first, second, third? What are the steps to getting started? Sure. Well, there are tactical steps, and I'll, I'll give you a few. But before we go there, I would like to say that customer service is a culture thing. It's a values thing, right? It's, it's something that's core to who you are as a company or not, right? And so adopting that as, as a core part of your culture is really the first step, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once you make a decision from just kind of a cultural and values standpoint that this is, this is something that's really important to us and this is something we're not going to compromise on, then the rest of the decisions become much easier, right? Like the tactical stuff, becomes quite simple. So let me just walk you a few of the, the tactical things, but I, but I want to, I want to make sure that it's clear that, that it's a, it's a much higher level way of thinking about your business holistically. Right. So, uh, so the first thing you want to do well, is actually, make it, I think, yeah. let's call that step one, step one, most important. Yes. Do you have <laughs> a vision of what customer service looks like in your company? 
I call this the mantra. And uh, come up, you can create a, a big, long vision, but at the end of the day, summarize it with one sentence. And that way, everybody in the company can grab onto it. For example, uh, my favorite, I talk about this on almost like, it seems like every two or three shows at least, uh, the Ritz-Carlton. We're ladies and gentlemen serving ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. They've taken their whole customer service vision and put it down into one simple statement that every employee is memorized, understands, and gets trained to. So that, to me, is truly step one. You hit it right on the head. Yeah, I mean, that, and let's be clear, that's a prerequisite. You know, if, if, if it's not really your mantra as a company, as you say, then it's really difficult to take any tactical steps that, that are going to be meaningful to the customer in the long term and generate any, any form of loyalty. But uh, once you get the prerequisite down, then the next thing, the next step is to just make it easy for people to find you when they need help. It, it's very simple to adopt just a, a, a feedback tool that, that those people are used to using. Phone, email, chat, SMS. Don't get, don't get crazy with the channels. The channel is actually not important. Just go where your customers are and choose one, maybe two. But uh, use Help Scout if you want, right? Or you uh, can just use not? some of the yeah. basic tools you already know. <laughs> email, a cell phone. You don't have to get super into the tech. The, the, the tech is, is actually not that important when you're first starting out. So choose one or two channels where you feel like you can provide a great experience. When they reach out, do everything you can to make the experience a great one, right? Right. So, so the second thing. Well, hold on one moment. Mm-hmm. I want to get to that. You said be easy for your customers to find you. And yet what you talked about was easy for them to connect with you. So I think finding you yeah. is very important, meaning how easy, and I guess they kind of belong together. If you take a look at certain websites and you say, gosh, I need to contact them, you search for three or four minutes before you finally, in a small corner of a remote page, find a phone number. It's like Perfect. that's not what I would call customer convenience or customer service. But make it easy. Uh, you know, every home page, every, excuse me, every web page should have this is how you find us, and this is how you connect with us. So then once it's easy to find you, find how to get to you, make it easy for them to get to you, which is what you're talking about. And I think just to make some clarification, I believe, and you said it, you should go where your customers are, but if you're just starting out, focusing on one or two key channels, nailing those, one of which should definitely be the phone, I would believe, uh, but nail mm-hmm. those down and then start adding the appropriate channels where your customers are. Uh, do you agree with that? Hundred percent. Just focus on maybe getting one or two right. It, mm-hmm. It's really not. The, there's, there's some talk in the customer service world about omni-channel and and uh, being everywhere your customers are. Just try to be in the one place where they they expect to find you, right? Right. Uh, and try to try to execute on that really well. It's it's really all about context. So when a question comes up or somebody's most likely to need help, where are they? Make sure that they've they've got the ability to reach you. Uh, at that particular place in time. And and once you've got that and, and you, you can then start to, because you've perfected those you know two or so, then you can start to scale it out. So what we're going to do, we're going to get the next step, but before we do that, we're going to take a real short break. So don't go away. We are talking with Nick Francis, the CEO and the co-founder of Help Scout, and he is sharing with us his wisdom on how to build out an amazing customer service culture. And uh, that's what we do on Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. If customer service is the new marketing and content marketing is one of the hottest marketing trends, then it makes sense that your customer service and experience strategy would include a content marketing strategy. 
Delivering relevant content, not blatant promotional content, is part of the value that you can bring to your customers. You can become an influential voice in your industry, which creates more leads, loyalty, and brand recognition. And that's where PowerPost comes in. This solution will help you be more organized and efficient in the way you publish and post content to social channels, websites, blogs, email, and more. And the team at PowerPost can provide consultation and services to help your brand evolve into a modern-day marketer. Turn your company into a publishing machine that adds value to your customer's experience. Learn more at www.powerpost.com. Digital. That's www.powerpost.digital. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Nick Francis. All right, next step. You said make it easy for people to find you and get to you and perfect uh, a couple of channels. And what is the next step? Do something with the takeaways you've got. Right. So learn something from the conversations you have with customers. Right. Like don't let them don't let them just get solved and you move on with your life. When you see something that starts trending, do everything in your power to resolve it in a more elegant way for every customer that encounters that problem in the future. Right. Right. Create help content available for customers that can answer their question without any friction or inconvenience before they even need to reach out. A lot of people don't want to call you. A lot of people don't want to email you, believe it or not. You can still provide a great experience without talking to somebody if you present them with the right information at the right time. And, and I'll go so a step further. Yeah, go, go, ahead. Yeah. go ahead. What, what do you want to leverage? I'm sorry, I cut you off. No worries. Just just leverage each of those customer pain points and say, how do I make sure that the, the pain this customer felt never is felt again? Is there anything I could do to lessen that for every customer that comes after this? Bingo. And that's the point. It's a, That's what you learn. And I just wrote an article that basically says uh, bad things that happen over and over again shouldn't happen over and over again. Mm-hmm. Now, now, some things are going to happen again and again, but the goal is learn from it, come up with creative ways, if possible or necessary, to eliminate or just mitigate so that they're, they're less. And what you're saying is let's also give them a quick solution that they can maybe find in your website or maybe a quick uh, – I love it when I have a question – and I can just do a Google search, how do I do blank with this software? And up comes two or three videos on YouTube, and then there's maybe a, 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 a paper that was submitted, you know, that's on the website on a, on a frequently asked question. So we're creating these how-to self-serve type of, uh, of uh, solutions, and I, and I just love that. All right, so the next step. The third one is just to measure success. Right. It doesn't have to be over the top. You don't have to have 42 different metrics you're looking at, but make sure people have the opportunity to rate or provide feedback on the experience they had with you. Right. So pay attention to, to, to the quantity, the qualitative feedback they give you, like feedback, but also pay attention to just a few qua- quantitative numbers like volume, response time and resolution time. So they can help you kind of plan for future business scale uh, as you grow. Uh, they help you with hiring. They help you with uh, staffing, things like that in the future. But you, we always like to say, uh, if you want to know how to do better customer service, ask. Customers won't have a problem telling you. Right. Uh, so make sure you leverage that uh, that to, uh, to, to understand your future success. So uh, you mentioned numbers, and one of the things you mentioned was response time. What do you feel is a good response time? You know, if you're talking about email, we found that 
uh, any time within five to seven hours really? is really good. You think that's good? Yeah. Okay, interesting. And is that just because that's I mean, an industry average? Minutes. Yeah, I mean, it really depends on uh, a lot of other factors. Uh, I mean, if you're in e-commerce, for instance, and somebody's about to make a purchase, you'd probably rather use chat altogether because response time should be measured in seconds. That could be dollars and cents for your business, right? Mm-hmm. But, but when it comes to email, uh, five to seven hours is generally known as, as acceptable, although it helps out where like 30 minutes because uh, we really try to differentiate uh, that way. So you can certainly try to make that happen. Uh, but certainly you don't want to ever get with it. You don't ever want to get outside the 24 hour. Mark. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to put my terminology to all of this. What you said is it helps out. We like to differentiate and therefore we do 30 minutes. And I've talked to clients uh, who their response times are always, you know, we want to do it under hour. Some say we want to do it within 20 minutes. And I think those are rock stars. You fall into that category, obviously. I think if you get to five to seven hours, you're basically giving people a moment of mediocrity. That's average. That's a satisfactory rating at best. If you want to bump it up and differentiate yourself, you've got to do better than five to seven hours. I don't know if you feel that way. I just think that's an important comment. Obviously, you get outside of 24 hours. It's like, why did I even do business with them? Right. 100%. You're absolutely right. All right. So um, are there any other steps or... I mean, because uh, I, I want to know, it, like, what would be, I know we talked about, you know, how do you get started? Uh, you, you want that mantra. We've got the steps. What else can we add to this before we move on? Because I'm worried. We're, we've you got a lot that, to talk that, about, and we're going to run out of time, and I have so many things to ask you. <laughs> good thing is that's all the steps. Don't, hey, don't overcomplicate it. Right? Don't overcomplicate it at all. It's not about the tools. It's about the methodology and the mantra like we started. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So let's talk about relationships uh, because sometimes customers become upset. They're disappointed. Um, how do you repair a relationship with a customer or, or worse when your company's making decisions and you lose the trust of your customers? And, I, and I'll give you an example of something we just talked about that could lose the trust of a customer. You know, I've got a problem. I just spent money with you and I'm not getting an answer. Oh, here it comes seven hours later. And, uh, I, I would start to lose confidence at that point. What do you do to rebuild trust? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone makes mistakes. My, my wife tells me I have quite a gift for that. So maybe I've got, uh, got enough experience to really be, be working at a customer support company. But you're still married, right? <laughs> but I'm still married. That's right. Yeah, she, she loves me despite it. And how, uh, and how but, long have know, you been married? I've been married for over 10 years. Wow. Wow. That's the hardest so year. Many of those yeah. <laughs> Every year. So you realize that 10 years, you would, you'd be out in two years if you were in for manslaughter. So I'm just saying, oh no, I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. I, I always joke. You've been married 30 years. Wow. You only get 15 for manslaughter. You might want to think of, if you're not happy. In, in a, <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, all right, where were we? Well, gosh, we got to rebuild trust now, don't we? So, uh, how do you? Let's get back to the question. Uh, obviously, you're good at, at building and, and mending relationships. How does that apply to business? You know, the best thing you can do is be authentic, uh, be honest, and own your actions. It's it's amazing how many companies lose trust with their customers and fail in the end, even after they've made a mistake, to just be authentic. Stop with the PR, stop with the other messaging, stop 
uh, trying to protect yourself. Just be authentic and own what happens, right? And uh, the approach that really helped me is, is to just try to live in that person's head for a bit, empathize to the highest possible degree that I can imagine, and then respond. I mean, we've made, we've made mistakes like this, absolutely. I mean, at Help Scout, uh, the worst mistake I, I can remember making is, is along the lines of a price change uh, that we made here. And about 18 months ago, we changed the Help Scout pricing, but I told our customers at that time, I said, you know, you can keep your grandfather plan forever. And forever is a really tough, I know there's a lot, there's a bad F word, but that's also a really tough F word. Uh, forever is a very, yep. very long time. Yeah. And, and uh, I had no idea what was, what was going to happen in the future. And it turns out uh, our business got really complicated by supporting all of these old plans. And in the end, I, I had to back out and say, uh, I'm not going to be able to grandfather those plans forever. We had to change our pricing. Uh, we gave people a lot of notice. But in the end, I said I would do something, and I didn't. I wasn't able to do it. And there were people upset about it. Uh, and all I could do was own the mistake, uh, be perfectly honest with, with kind of where they were, and understand the fact that if I was in their shoes, I'd probably be pretty upset too. And that's the best I can do. I leave it at that. You know, and, and to add to that, I would say, you know, it's not easy to give a customer the news that you know they're not going to want to hear. Mm-hmm. But you have to do it in order to maintain transparency. The the second piece of it, and, you know, nobody likes to have their prices raised, but what would the alternative be? If we don't raise the prices, we can't support you in the matter that you are accustomed to being supported. And if that went down, what's the likelihood that you would continue to do business with us? And the answer is probably very little. What's the likelihood that you would switch to somebody that does something that will now do what you want it to do? And the answer is high. Yes, we would. And my guess is that that price would be higher. Maybe maybe there's something you can do where you can say, hey, whatever the price is that we have for our current, because you've been loyal, we're going we're gonna to give you some kind of a break. Sometime, I don't know what the answer is, but maybe a small discount just to say thank you for being loyal and sticking with us even through the price increase. I want to ask, ask you a question because this question was posed to me today, and I gave somebody the answer. You know, again, some people don't like to hear news. If, if something, let's say, for example, uh, and this is perfect, it, it aligns with what you're talking about, five to seven hour email response. What happens if it's longer? And the excuse you give the customers, I'm so sorry, we're short-staffed. How do you feel about that as an excuse? Because I hear this all of the time. It, it, you know, I'm sorry uh, that your meal took an hour and a half to get out of here. We're short-staffed in the kitchen. I'm sorry it took so long to get back to you. We're short-staffed. I hate that term, short-staffed. Uh, but is there a better way sure. to, to, to solve and resolve this and share the news? Oh, 1,000%. Because when, by saying you're short-staffed, you're making it about you and not the person. Bingo. Right? So like there's, mm-hmm. there's zero empathy in a statement like that. Instead, you say, look, I am so sorry. If I was in your shoes, I'd be really upset at what just happened. And I, I could not be more, more apologetic for the service that you got today. I don't think it's a reflection of what we believe as a company. And I'd love for you to, I'd love to try and earn your business again. Cause today it just wasn't, it wasn't who we wanted to be. Right. Because heck, if I'm the customer, that, that makes it a little bit more about, about my experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and trying to trying to rebound from that experience, but the the best you can do is own the fact that you screwed up, 
and try to do everything you can to to make it so that you don't completely lose their trust. Maybe they maybe they give you another shot. Right, right. Very good. Um, and as we start to wrap up here, any examples from you leading Help Scout that you want to share with us about best practices for customer service? You know, the one thing I would I would talk about is just something that we're deeply passionate about, Help Scout, and that's 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 content for small businesses. Uh, if you go to our our blog, helpscout.com slash blog, we do two original essays every single week, uh, all about small business customer service. Uh, this week we talked about whether it makes sense to ever outsource your customer service. That's a pretty, uh, that has a negative stigma around it. We, we did a deep dive on that. So every week we're doing two original essays, some really great stuff coming through the community, uh, all sorts of best practice stuff that we talk about on that blog. It's absolutely free to subscribe, so definitely check it out. And, and uh, there's some really great stuff about running a customer-centric business there. Right. I love what you've put out there. It's it's awesome material. So thank you for that. All right. We're just about the end of our interview here. And I always ask this one question, and it is the one question, the one thing question. Is there one thing you want to emphasize or one extra piece of information that you want to share with us that our, our audience absolutely has to know? What is it? You know, it starts with the mantra. I just want to go back to that because mm-hmm. – in the end, it's not about the tools, the techniques, the, the tactics. It really is about that mantra. You want to have a customer-centric business. Start there and be about that from day one. Moving forward, don't compromise that. It's really that simple. Amen. It is. And I think that's the first step. And if a company hasn't done that yet, it's time to start. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, You've been listening to Nick Francis from Help Scout, the CEO and the founder, co-founder of Help Scout. Great, you know, it's not just that you are the guy who's helped create this software and helped create this company, Nick, but you're in the trenches every day living this. You're you're talking to your customers that are running support centers. You know customer service and support. So thanks so much for being on the show. It's absolutely my pleasure, Chef. All right, everybody, you heard it. Before you uh, go, I want you to remember helpscout.com forward slash blog. Great content every single week. You can't miss it. It's it's really great information. So I urge you to remember helpscout.com forward slash blog. And until next week in our next episode of Amazing Business Radio, remember to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.